And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're doing a special episode today. I wanted to highlight a team, and maybe a team that not everybody's talking about. Everybody's talking about the Lakers, the Nets, the Bucks. I personally, I'm an NBA sicko. I just want to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's all I care about. I've ne- and I've got the guy, the best guy, to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, John Krasinski. John, how's it going, man? Good, Andrew. Glad to be on. And bless your heart, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, all I hear about is Nets, Lakers, you know, Sixers, this and that. Like, you know, why don't you come into the heartland where, you know, the people are nice, the weather's starting to get a little crisp. Let's just uh, let's have some fun with it, man. Talk, talk. Let's be a little unique in the NBA uh, discourse and go go into some wolves here. Yeah, let's do it. They've, and the thing about this team is they have some really interesting characters on the team. You know, obviously, like Towns is the top of the list of like. I don't feel like we've seen the best of him yet, and I'm really interested to see what he looks like this year. You also have this trio of D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, and it's like we didn't really get to see them last season. So like, what is that? But I, I want to first just talk about Towns. Uh, this will be his seventh season, which just sounds incomprehensible. Like, how can that be true? Uh, he has tasted very little of the playoffs. Uh, and this, I, I, it feels important. Like, he's got three years left on his deal. But it, to me, it feels important for the Wolves to kind of submit like who they are, what they're going to do. And so I guess my question is like, what, what are the goals of the season for the Timberwolves? And like, what, like, how do you think Towns fits into that at least long term? Like, what does this look like? Yeah, I mean, I think that really big picture, Andrew, this is a huge season for the organization in general um, that, you know, I think that. There, there's going to be a new ownership group coming in, Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez. Uh, they have really not kind of made any progress on the court the last couple of years for a multitude of reasons, for injuries, for COVID, for just lack of talent, for all of these things that 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 happen. And so you have, I think, this real confluence of um, kind of, breaking points that we're about to reach here. I mean, one, you know, Gerson Rosas is entering his third year as the president of basketball operations. I think the team needs to show some real progress on the court for his long term. You have Carl uh, Anthony Towns, uh, you know, really you know, going into year seven. I think that if you really take an in-depth look at the situation around him in these first six years, uh, I don't think it's as surprising that he has only one playoff berth. I mean, look at some of the teams and some of the teammates that he's had and all of the kind of dysfunction that he has had to deal with. And, um, and, and so, you know, a lot of it isn't his fault that, that if the, the team has had a lack of success. That said, there are certain transcendent players um, who no matter what is going on around them, 
really raise the floor of your team. And, and he hasn't been able to do that yet either. So um, I do think that by the end of this season, you will kind of have a much clearer view of the path forward for the Timberwolves. Are they going to stay with Rosas and Chris Finch as head coach? Are they going to um, stay with Carl Anthony Towns as sort of the focal point of this franchise while they have Anthony Edwards kind of coming up from behind them? So they're definitely pushing for playoff expectations. They want to be in that conversation and be very competitive. Um, But I do think that, you know, there are a lot of people that are feeling heat and Towns is probably going to be one of them. You know, he's finally got a team around him that there is some talent that, mm-hmm. you know, even if some of it is green and young and things like that, he he has some players around him that can kind of take some of that, the excuses away that were valid for him earlier in his career on why things didn't work. So the one season he's had really a, a really good team around him, they went to the playoffs. Every other season, the team has been very subpar. And so now it's kind of like put up or shut up time for the Timberwolves and for Towns, I think. Yeah. One of the big moves that Rosas made was the D'Angelo Russell trade. And I'm just curious how the organization or maybe the fan base views that today because we've seen Andrew Wiggins go to the Warriors and look quite functional, you know, for them. He's not a star, but he's looked good for them. And then you see Jonathan Kaminga go to the Warriors. I mean, that could be the Timberwolves adding more talent on top of that. Maybe they don't take Kaminga, but you have a chance to to bring in like a really talented player. Uh, how is that trade viewed today? And you know, what does that look like going into this season? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly different perspectives. Um, you know, I think the fan base, the league in general, uh, really looks at that trade and say the Warriors got the better deal. Um, They got a a good player in Wiggins, um, not a great player, but a good player. Um, They gave up a player in D'Angelo Russell who, you know, there there are varying views on and, and, but a lot of people are down on him in terms of like where he fits in the hierarchy of, of, of really good players in this league. And the, the Warriors also got a, a, you know, a a number seven overall pick. We'll see what happens with Kaminga and see if he turns into something. And then they also sneakily got a second round pick as well. So the Wolves had no draft picks last year because they gave them both to the Warriors. And that's not a good look for a, a rebuilding team that has been out of the playoffs. You need those draft picks, especially in a market like, um, like Minnesota that has a hard time recruiting free agents. So, so far the, 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 the deal itself definitely skews heavily toward the Warriors favor. The internal belief is that D'Angelo Russell has a, another gear or two to hit in his career. And that now that they have him surrounded by talent with Towns, with Edwards, with Beasley, who knows what they do if they go and get a Ben Simmons or something like that. Or, um, and then they also have a coach in Chris Finch who, who really can maximize what he does that they think that uh, Russell will play a heck of a lot better this next season than he has for the Timberwolves or really than he has at any point in his career. Last season, he finished it pretty strong when he came back from the knee surgery. You could see like kind of some of the playmaking, the shooting and, and, and the way that he and Towns and Edwards really complement each other. I think they fit together very well from a skill standpoint. Um, So there's high hopes for him internally, but 
they kind of need D'Angelo Russell to be a really good player because right now the optics on that trade are really against Gerson Rosas. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, there is very much a belief inside the organization that Russell can eventually validate that, um, that trade. But right now, externally, the view is the Wolves took an L in that one and a big one. And so that's tough to do when, um, when you're in a situation like they're in and, and they took a big swing thinking D'Angelo Russell could come to them and be sort of a James Harden light, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of like just getting a, a more featured role and being able to kind of really blossom in that. He didn't really do that uh, yet with the Timberwolves and he has not played very much with Carl Anthony Towns yet. They think that now that they're both healthy, that there's a real chance that they can kind of take off, but no one really believes in it yet. They got You got to see it before, before you can really say that, yeah, this is, this is the right move here. Yeah. I look at like the projected starting lineup for the Wolves, Russell, Beasley, Edwards, probably Torian Prince, maybe Jaden McDaniels at that spot. Uh, and then Towns, I just see kind of a lot of the same, you know, you've got these, the, the three Russell Beasley Edwards, it feels like those guys need the ball to score. And I just wonder about that fit. Is there a concern heading into this season about that trio? Well, I mean, I think if you let's, if you look at it, I would say, um, I think in some respects they need the ball and in some respects they don't. So um, like Beasley, I think is right now what he is, is a catch and shoot three point shooter. Um, he's not a guy that breaks people down going to the basket. He's his handle is okay, but he's not an ISO guy. Mm -hmm. He's not going to clear things out and, and run pick and roll or do anything like that. That's not his game. He's catch and shoot. And he's really good at that. So in that respect, I think he fits Edwards is very much. Yes. Ball in his hands, let him create, let him play, make, let him break down a defense, use that size and strength, get to the rim, those sorts of things, but where like, I think Edwards and Russell can complement each other is Edwards does really like to go to the rim, to create contact, to get to the line, um, to do a lot of those things. Russell is not much of a driver. He's much more, let me run the pick and roll, pick and pop, but I'm going to be distributing a lot. I'm going to shoot the elbow jumper. I'm going to kind of stay on the perimeter in general. Um, he's not a guy that is, that is, you know, putting his head down and getting to the ma- basket and drawing fouls. And so in that way, I do think that there's a chance that they can really fit together and complement each other um, in a, in a system that maximizes all three of them. Um, and so then you have towns that kind of is going to be a different kind of an orchestrator, uh, another like a Jokic light sort of big man um, on the perimeter to, to move the ball around and, and, and use his gravity to open things up for others. So um, just because of the style of play, I think there is a, a better chance that they're not stepping on each other's toes where it might look like with three essentially guards, you know, how do you kind of, give each give everyone room to work but i i think it can work just given how each approaches what they want to do mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense so they they seem to lack defense as well which has mm-hmm. been an issue a long time for the wolves they had patrick beverly you have another year of Jaden mcdaniels you have another year of josh Koji. uh what's 
what's the view on how they're going to make this work as a functional defense? Yeah, I mean, that's I think right now, um, certainly you're expecting bigger things from Jaden McDaniels, who really looked good defensively as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okogi is a solid perimeter defender. Patrick Beverly is a solid perimeter, perimeter defender that needs to stay healthy. He has been injured a lot lately. Yeah. Um, but you add, you put those three together, you can help. I think Towns can be serviceable defensively. I don't think he's Matumbo. I don't think he's anybody like that. But I do think that he can – absolutely um you know he can he can be good enough to be a deterrent um and 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 just kind of help things that way but yeah in general they're not going to be a top 10 defensive team I think what they want to do is get is go away from being 28th or 29th to being 19th 18th just Mm -hmm. something that is you know somewhat respectable and allow their offense which could be a top 10, you know, top seven group uh, with all of the firepower they have to really carry the load, at least in the regular season, Uh, you can do that and you can win games that way. And so I think with the construction of where the roster is right now, there's no illusions that they're going to become, you know, this really well-balanced team that can defend and score. It's going to be much more of let's be less bad defensively and really, really good offensively. And hopefully that's enough to at least keep us in that playoff mix. So this is where like the Simmons conversation starts to make so much sense, right? Yes. If you can add him to this team and let's talk through like multiple constructions of like what a trade would look like. But if you add Simmons to this team, pair him with Towns with maybe one or two of those perimeter players, then you can look at the team and say, okay, like now they're really cooking with something. Because you don't put the pressure of Simmons to, to score. You kind of let him do what he does. You let the other guys score. You let Towns do what he does. So to me, he makes a ton of sense for them. Now, constructing a trade that works for both teams, at least publicly, seems like a difficult thing to do. Uh, what, what's your view on where the Timberwolves are right now with regards to a Ben Simmons trade? And then, you know, what could possibly get this deal done? Yeah, so it's very complicated, Andrew, because, you know, myself and Sham Sharani, we've really been kind of trying to gauge the market for Ben Simmons and see where it is. And it really does appear to be fairly dry um, out there. There's not a ton of interest, not a lot of people banging down Daryl Morey's door right now. One of the teams that is, is is the Timberwolves. And so I think like from what I've been able to gather what I can say confidently is I think the Timberwolves are the team out there right now that most wants Ben Simmons, hmm. that they, they are very enthusiastic about it. They think he'd be a perfect fit for the reasons that you laid out, uh, you know, great defensive player, awesome in transition. They want to play in transition um, and they have enough offensive weapons that they wouldn't need him to score in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. So it would yep. be a good situation for Ben as well. Um, the problem is that Philadelphia right now is in their championship window is open. They yep. want to compete for a title. They think with Joel Embiid, you know, with Tobias, with with what they have in the Eastern Conference, that they should be in that running. So they want win now assets. They want players who can come in and really kind of elevate their chances to win a championship. 
And so um, if you're going to give up a 25-year-old three-time all-star with four years left on his deal and one of the best defensive players in the league, uh, they want a a premium for him, someone that can help him right away. Um, And and so – but the Timberwolves, they – they don't want to trade Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are those are deal breakers, and they really would rather not trade D'Angelo Russell. Um, and and so if you have that that kind of beginning of the negotiation, it's like, well, what can you really give Philadelphia to entice them? Lee and Jaden McDaniel's and a bunch of picks, um, you know, something like that. That's possible. Yeah. But, but what the wolves have to hope for is that Ben Simmons makes things so incredibly uncomfortable for the Sixers that Joel Embiid starts to get questions every single day in training camp about Ben Simmons and gets tired of, of, of asking, answering those questions and says, man, we got to move on. Let's, 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 let's take the best deal we can. And then if, Portland isn't coming with Damian Lillard, which they're not going to. If Washington isn't coming with Bradley Beal, which they're not going to, then maybe the door starts to open for the Wolves. And then maybe you can sell the Sixers on a package that includes some unprotected first-round picks because Minnesota unprotected first-round picks are so much more valuable than – Portland unprotected first rounders and Brooklyn ones. And so not even for the Sixers to you to say, okay, we're going to use these picks like the Warriors did with Kaminga, but maybe the Sixers can wait it out and maybe around February trade deadline time, maybe Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard looks around and says, I got to go and we got to get out of here. Then you can use those, those picks that you got from Minnesota as kind of a main thing for, to entice a team to, with uh with one of their stars it would be a a chess move like that that would give the wolves a chance to get into the conversation it's just like it's that all of that is very difficult to pull off right like it's it's not there's not a natural type of hey we'll give you this player you give us ben simmons and let's call it a day it's just not there so there's a lot of ifs and buts and maybes that have to come into it to make this a realistic thing all I do know, though, Andrew, is that the Minnesota Timberwolves are very much at the table right now, and there are very few other teams at the table right now. So maybe that end up, ends up playing in their favor. Hmm. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I understand, I completely get it from the Timberwolves standpoint. Like Simmons is a perfect fit there. I'm struggling a little bit to see it from Philly's standpoint. Like you said, like they're trying to compete 
for the title this year. That's what they want to do. And I don't, I mean, I don't know that I see the player on the Timberwolves that is going to take them to that level or, you know, continue to push them to that level. Like if, if you're, if you're the 76ers, what are you asking for from the T wolves? And like, like, where can they meet in the middle even? Because I'm, I'm just kind of struggling to figure that out. Yeah, that, that's the very hard part. And that's what makes a deal, I don't know, I don't want to say unlikely, but a lot harder to complete. Because right now, if you ask around the league, Daryl Morey's asking for another all-star back. He wants an, He's sending out an all-star. He wants one in return. Mm-hmm. Here's the, real, the reality of the situation, though. No one is giving him an all-star for Ben Simmons right now. Like, yeah. you can want that all you want. But everyone knows that the Sixers are sort of in a difficult spot right now, and they're not in a position of leverage because the guy they want to trade, everyone knows he has to go, and he's coming off of a playoff performance where his value is lower. Yeah. So, um, so the, the you know the Wolves could say like me personally, just looking at it personally, if I say like if I say that. The Wolves just finally say to themselves, we have to get Ben Simmons. We're going to do everything we can within mm-hmm. our reason to offer. Here's D'Angelo Russell, some other players, and some picks. Maybe even Jaden McDaniels, who I think is a really, really good player. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so I personally think that a D'Angelo Russell-Joel Embiid combination works fairly well because Russell sure. is a shooter. He's a, he's a creator that way. Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid just run into each other on offense. So that just doesn't yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Russell Ben Simmons is obviously a much better player than D'Angelo Russell, but D'Angelo Russell might fit a little bit better with Joel Embiid offensively. And yeah. so you could sell that Jaden McDaniels up and coming two way player um, with a high upside uh, can fit in. And I think he can help a playoff team right now. Like, I, I, I think like, you know, that, that he has that kind of capability and then you get some picks um, that you could, you could theoretically say that there is some sense that would be made there um, in terms of the way pieces fit together and, and maybe it does help Philly now again, like, but I agree with you, Andrew, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm saying I'm trading Ben Simmons, the first or second best defensive player in the league, three-time all-star under contract for four years for this. And, and I could see how he would say, no, that's not enough. And then that's where the Wolves say, you know, even if they say that we don't want to include DeAndre Russell, we want it to be Malik Beasley and Patrick Beverly to help your defense and, and um, and all these picks, whatever it is that they give, what the Wolves will, I, I bet, will say to Daryl Morey is, "Oh, you don't like ours? Okay, go find something else. Yeah. Like, go yeah. find it. Where where's the deal that is that you're magically conjuring up that is going to be better than what you have? This is kind of what happened with Jimmy Butler going to Philadelphia when Jimmy Butler made such a big stink in training camp." And at the start of the season with the Wolves, his value went down, 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 down. The Wolves ended up having to take Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and no picks for Jimmy freaking Butler. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so yes, yeah. you know, yes, Butler was on the last year of his deal, so he had a little more leverage that way. But Butler is a better player than Ben Simmons. Like, that's just yep. the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And they got no picks, and they got three role players for him. 
And so like what every team in the league right now, at least the ones that might want Ben Simmons, Minnesota, maybe it's Cleveland, maybe it's Toronto, maybe, you know, who knows who others isn't, they're all doing this. They're rubbing their hands together and saying, Oh, okay. Take Ben Simmons to training camp, take him to the regular season. Let me know how that works out for you. And 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 see what happens. And they're going to try and get Daryl over a barrel because Daryl is a, you know, a notoriously difficult negotiator. And so a lot of these GMs look at it and say, okay, I finally got Maury in a spot. We'll see if Maury bends or not. He's a great, great executive. He doesn't, he doesn't kind of yield to pressure a lot of times, but there is going to be a lot of pressure on this situation, which may eventually cause him or the Sixers in general to say, look, you know, this is too big of a mess. Like we have to maybe relax a little bit of what we got, what, what our, what our expectations were in a trade. And then maybe the door does open for the wolves or the Kings or somebody else to get in at an offer that they feel is more palatable to them. So what it all comes down to is that Ben Simmons doesn't have an incredibly high value right now. There's not a lot of teams at the table and Ben has already make it, made it clear that this is not going to be easy on the 76ers if they continue to go this way. And so it becomes, you know, it does Daryl Morey and do the 76ers have the stomach strong enough to weather a lot of the garbage that is going to come with this? Maybe they do. The Timberwolves did not. The Rockets did not. The Pelicans did not. Like there's, there's a lot of these other things that happen. And so we'll see just what the Sixers can do. But yes, it's hard to just really envision a Timberwolves package where they say, where it says, Oh yeah, absolutely. The Sixers say that that sounds good. Let's go with it. Unless they rope in some sort of third team to help, you know, get a little bit more head into Philly that would help them win right away. Mm -hmm. What's the furthest you would like, what's the most you would push in if like, say you were making the decision and you want to Ben Simmons, like what's the, what's the most you would push in for that? So, I mean, here's the two things that, I've been looking at um, I if I'm the Timberwolves um, I do look at the landscape and I say okay Daryl Morey you guys are in a tough spot I don't think you have a, another deal up your sleeve so I'm, I am going to try and squeeze you like I, I'm going to watch this become very difficult to deal with and and you're going to come back so either I think there's two scenarios either it is you know, a Russell McDaniels draft picks kind of highlighted, you know, package. It, that might be like the very high end that, mm-hmm. that you look at. Um, again, I think Gerson Rosas does not want to do that, but I think push come to shove. If I'm the, the, the GM and I'm saying you, you, you really have to get it, maybe I put that in. But if, I, if I'm going with Russell and McDaniels, I might look at the protections on the picks, on the number of picks as a little different. Whereas, you know, if I can somehow um, keep McDaniels and, and, and turn into Russell and Beasley and some other pieces, then I might put in more first round picks and, yeah. and, and might be more aggressive with the pick package. Because if I can hold on to Jaden McDaniels, that's essentially a, a first round pick in and of itself that I already know is going to be a good player. And so, um you know, that's, those are the kinds of thought exercises that I go through, but uh, you know, in the end, I would be, I would try to be pretty conservative about it early on and make the Sixers sweat a little bit because it just doesn't seem like there's, 
they have many options right now. And so, you know, until the Wolves know they have competition and until the Wolves know that, um, that there's something else out there, I'd hold things pretty close to the vest. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. So would you rather trade Russell and Beasley than like Russell and McDaniels? Yeah, I would. Um, now Beasley, I think obviously brings a shooting element that, um, that McDaniels doesn't quite bring yet. And, and so if you trade Russell and Beasley, that's two really good shooters on a team that doesn't have a lot of good shooters, but, um, you know, given Malik Beasley's off the court stuff, um, given his, you know, he is more one dimensional as a player than Jaden McDaniels is. I think that McDaniels has the ability to blossom into a really, really good two way player. Um, and, and so I would bet a little bit more on the potential of McDaniels than I would on the current kind of production of Beasley, which is very good. I mean, Beasley is an incredible shooter and you know what you're going to get from him. He's a really hard worker. Teammates love him, all those things, but he just brings a little less to the table than Jaden McDaniels does. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this unfolds. It feels, I mean, we're going to get news either way, whether you know, whatever whatever happens with Ben, but I, I just think that it's a it's such a great option for the T-Wolves after they've kind of found themselves in this, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what this team is going to be. It feels very unlikely that they could be a play-in team this year. I mean, you just look at the landscape of the West, and it's going to be really difficult. And you have really these two teams and the Wolves and the Kings that are like, we really want to be in the mix. And it just feels like they're really not going to be in the mix unless something happens. And it, and both teams, I feel like, have at least nice trade packages to offer the Sixers. And I think that Ben Simmons is like way underrated at this point. 100%. And, and could really help teams like the Kings and like the Wolves, because they just don't have, neither of them have functional defenses. I mean, that was the reason that they were bottom of the barrel last year. And he can help elevate them and really help accentuate what their stars do. And then, like, you have a chance to take off. For So for me, like, I'm, I think you're right. I think the strategy of just holding off until really you have to put, like, the big offer on the table makes sense. But, man... If I'm the Wolves, like I, I want to do it. I would absolutely want to do it. Uh, do you have a feel for how like the fan base feels about it? Like are the fans like really wanting to push for a Ben Simmons trade? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, I, certainly there are fans out there who look at what Ben has done in the playoffs and sure. um, some of his limitations and they say, Ooh, you know, is this really the other max guy that you really want to bring in? But like you sure. said, Andrew, I do think that I think that the, the scrutiny that he's under is deserved, but I also think that it has clouded a little bit of, of just how, devastating he is as a defender how dynamic he is in the open court and I think that if a deal like this was made that the fan base would respond very positively because like you said I think both with the Kings and the Wolves two organizations that have been stuck in mud for a long long time that have hard time recruiting free agents that you know that have all sorts of things kind of working against them these are the big swings that you that you should take like when when an opportunity presents itself you know give it a shot because where are you going otherwise you know that's the real question and I will say I'm a little more bullish on the wolves than than I am the kings just if both teams stay where they are going into the season because I do believe that um, people have forgotten how really, really good Carl Anthony Towns is. And I think that for the first summer in the last three years, he is really focused on basketball um, and and worked on his game. The last two summers, he was either injured or going through the death of his mother with COVID and all those things. And he just has not prioritized the game. And that's very understandable to me. And I, I get why he did that. But he has been certainly surpassed by Embiid and Jokic on the young big mm-hmm. front by a wide margin. But from a skill standpoint, he is as skilled offensively or more skilled offensively than either one of them, I think. But um, but now that he will come into camp in shape and with a little bit more focus on the game itself, like I think he can really elevate a team. I think he can be a, a really big weapon. And then you have Edwards and you have Russell. And and so I think that there, there's a chance that they can be more competitive than the Kings as is. But that said, you know, there's a certain ceiling on that. And if you get Simmons, maybe that ceiling raises. And I think that that's yeah. what both of these organizations should be in the mix to do is to try and show that, hey, this is finally a little different. And we're going to we're going to do what we have to do to to try and shake the tree and, and get it moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's end by talking about Anthony Edwards. Number one pick in the draft had a great end of the season uh, and is maybe one of the best interviews in the NBA already. Like incredibly charismatic, really funny, just says some just like off the wall, just really hilarious stuff. So I feel like he's like a, a great star to kind of bring up in Minnesota. I would, I completely understand them just saying like, listen, like he's not a part of these discussions. Like he's just not, uh, he's a really good player. I feel like he's, he's probably somebody that can, you know, take the mic for the entire team, which I think has value as well. Uh, so what's, what are the expectations for Edwards heading into year two? And then what do you think his season will look like? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of. It's a little crazy because you're right. He is so charming and funny and engaging, and I mean, the fan base has fallen head over heels for him. And you know, the way that he finished the season was pretty dynamic, and he had a really strong final 25 games and really started to look good. So I think that there are huge expectations for him among the fans, and maybe unfairly. Like you, you, you know that. 
you know, players generally, progress isn't linear, right? Development isn't linear. There's going to be steps forward and steps back in a young player's career. But I do think that, you know, the, the mental makeup, the, the physical tools that he has, um, all of it points to a player who eventually, maybe not right now, but eventually is going to be your tentpole guy, like your main yep. piece. And I think that, you know, if he accelerates his development, like a Donovan Mitchell in year two, like, you know, those kind and is on that path. Yep. I think that changes a lot for the Timberwolves because um, if he and Cat together uh, is really, really difficult to deal with offensively. And, and so, you know, um, if you have this super versatile, great shooting big, and then you have this downhill uh, linebacker for a shooting guard, um, it, it just is a really difficult combination to stop. And, and, and so, I think that there are real high expectations on him for where he can go, what he can do now that he has had a full summer to work on his game, do all that stuff. And the the Wolves fan base in general just wants so badly for him to grab this team by the you know collar and, and say, okay, enough is enough. We're changing this thing, and he has the capability mm-hmm. to do that. I will just see if he is ready for that kind of responsibility at the start of year two. That's a huge step to take, but I think over the next two to three years, there's no reason to think that he cannot be, you know, a, a really, really bright star um, that really kind of is the engine for this team and makes everyone better. And, um, and so, you know, everyone was a little nervous at the start of last season because he started off pretty slow and it was, and it was a struggle. But by the end, you really saw a lot of the signs that said, you know, if you ask Timberwolves fans, they would not trade him for LaMelo right now. And Hmm. whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, um, that's just kind of the, 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 the approval rating that Anthony Edwards has and the belief that he has instilled in fans and in his teammates as well. They all really love him. So I think the sky's the limit. It's just a matter of how long it takes him to get there. Um, that's going to be the question here. You think he's really 6'6"? Six, six? I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's hard, honestly, though, Andrew, because like I – so when we were at Vegas at Summer League, yeah. Edwards was sitting courtside watching um, the team play. And I walked by and um, the PR person for the Wolves introduced me. Hey, let me introduce you to Ant. So we shook hands. He was sitting down. We shook hands. That's the first time I'd been in front of him ever. You know, we didn't see it. I I was not in the locker room at all last year. So you can't really get around him and really get a feel for it. And, you know, Chris Finch said something toward the end of last season um, in a, in a, in an interview that really kind of resonated with me. He's like, you know, you don't really know how big he is until you stand next to him. It's just really hard to tell. Mm-hmm. So um, I I don't know um, how tall he really is. I want to get yeah. next to him and really get a feel for it. Sometimes, you know, those NBA heights and things can be played with and, and there can be some funny money on that. But I do believe that he has grown. Like, because I, I was starting to hear that even going into his rookie season, like he's already you know, he's, he's grown an inch from where he was at Georgia. And so maybe he got a little bit more to him. He's probably maybe six, five. Um, I don't know that he's six, six yet, but 
uh, like he said, if he gets to six, six, look out, it's, it's, it's Michael yeah. Jordan time. So <laughs> <laughs> gosh, I love him so much. It's so fun. Yeah. You look at his splits from last year, you know, pre all-star break, 46% true shooting post 56. And so to figure out who he is and even this year is not going to tell you exactly who he is. Like mm-hmm. let's, you have to make your, make yourself clear about that because the, the second year isn't sometimes it lies to you too. Yeah. You know? Like Giannis's shooting didn't really get better from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. And like, like you said, progress is not linear with these players. So, uh, but I am super intrigued to see what he does, you know, in the second season with the T-Wolves. Yeah. And I mean, you know, looking at those splits too, one, one thing that was really key, obviously, was that in the first half of the season, uh, Towns and Russell were hurt a lot. So he was either coming off the bench or like kind of the main guy a lot of the times. And now in the second half of the season, when Towns was fully healthy, Russell came back from the knee injury, the knee surgery. You just saw that there was not enough defenders to stick with all three of them. And now all of a sudden there were driving lanes for him to get to the basket. And he wasn't bowling through three guys because they were paying attention to Russell and Towns on the perimeter. And that's where excuse me, that's where, you know, I think people are really optimistic about what they can be together offensively is that they can be this kind of three-headed monster that, that really just complements each other well. And, and, and so if everyone is healthy, uh, life will be easier for Anthony Edwards and, and he won't have to manufacture things on his own so much. And, and so that's where I do think that you can say, okay, um, you can expect some upward trajectory just just on that alone. But like you said, like there are going to be things he has to go through. He's going to have to figure out how to handle the attention and the fame that is coming his way. Like, um, you know, he's yep. 19, 20 years old. Like, how do how do how do young guys handle that sometimes? You know, how do they handle defenses really knowing who they are and adjusting to them and preparing for them? Like there's all there's a million things he's gonna have to go through, and there are going to be stretches of eight games where he shoots, you know, 31% and just can't really get going. And then there's gonna be other stretches of 10 or 12 games where he's averaging 26 and 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 rebounding and getting to the line and all those things. So it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster, um, but the, the 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 physical talent and those tools are just undeniable. Yeah, without a doubt. John, thanks so much for joining the, the Athletic NBA show today. Be sure to read all of John's work at the Athletic. It's always superb, great reporting, and uh, look forward to see how this unfolds. Trade or no trade, the T Wolves to me as a true NBA sicko are going to be interesting. So can't wait to see it, John. Thanks again, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Andrew, anytime. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.